0: This is the part where we banter back and forth. Is that what's supposed to happen? <laughs> I
1: don't what's know, going on, everybody?
0: Hey, what's going on? Uh, welcome to welcome.com. Welcome. Coming to you live from Frisco Studios all the way out in Frisco, or Venture X Studios. Venture X Studios. In out in Frisco, Texas. Indeed. On the JPK network. There you go. There you go. There we go. Did we get it all in? No, probably not. <laughs> right. No. Uh,
1: yeah, welcome, everybody.
0: Glad to have you all with us. So, um, yeah, we were, uh, let's see, uh, talking uh, just last Friday, right? Is there there
1: anything going on? Yeah, Jim Bob, old Jim Bob. We
0: had Jim Bob, our lovely uh,
1: mascot of the show, actually on the show. We used magic to turn him into a small bobblehead. (laughs) But uh, before he was a real man and he was on our show uh, last week and Mm -hmm. it was good to talk to him. We, We know Jim Bob from...
0: From kind of
1: inadvertently through uh, rehab, where Kelly and I met. Yes. Some of y'all may know we uh, Kelly and I met in rehab uh, nine months ago. Getting that is correct. And well, uh, while we're at it, we might as well just throw it up there. Summer Summer Sky. Summer Sky in Stephenville, Texas. Which, look, he's on it today. Our, our personal Perfect. favorite rehab. There you go, of course. Of the many rehabs But so
0: there. So, long story short, we met Jim Bob. Jim yep. Bob was on the show last week. Yep. And then, uh, so, you know, we do this show to help people out. We do this show to help people obtain and maintain sobriety, right? That's the idea. Okay. So, doing that, Jim Bob repost the show okay and then he actually has one of his friends from alabama reach out to him and
1: ask for help there you go
0: so i'm like ah hey it's working
1: (laughs) yeah there you go (laughs) i I mean that's that's part of it right like sometimes you don't even you know you aren't even in that mindset where i'm i'm thinking about asking for help and then something like that i guess he knew jim bob before it's actually a she she knew Jim Bob before, reached right. out to him, and I hope that uh I hope that, that it, comes uh, to fruition it, in well, some it, kind it, of way. I'll
0: do my Jim Bob. Will Kelly? I uh <laughs> Is that Jim Bob. I, yeah. I put it I uh I put her in with a connection uh who has eighteen years of sobriety and uh let's see, uh well and it's it's in it's in her hands and God's hands now.
1: So you said she was from Alabama. <laughs> yeah. So there's alcoholics in Alabama too. <laughs> Believe it or Weird. not. Weird. Believe it or not. Seems like they're everywhere.
0: But uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess we should. Uh, what else is going on? Well, I don't know what else is going on in your world besides 250 days, and I'm an RSPS now.
1: Yeah, that's true. Congratulations yeah. on that. Thank to, you. to those that didn't see last week, uh, uh, I peer am now specialist a, a recovery
0: here. coach, yes. peer specialist. So now I can coach. CG kid, right? I guess that's that's how
1: Kelly views it. That's right. (laughs) Well,
0: I I am his his sensei in a a little way. You are. Does he know
1: about this? He does. He actually he
0: actually referred to me as his sensei. I do. I do.
1: (laughs) That's between you two. Well, you (laughs) know,
0: it's. I think I understand the force, the force, and the fact (laughs) of how heavy. An enormous amount of knowledge can be on one person.
1: Hey, there's no doubt that uh, overthinking um, and constant thinking is a burden. (laughs) Yeah, I I know how that feels. You know
0: the sorrows of mankind. I do know how that feels. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's it. You know, that's that's what the Bible says.
1: Is it? Yeah. Um, All right. Well, so... Welcome, man. Yeah, yeah it's dude. good seeing you guys. Yeah. So you've had a busy day today.
0: Yeah, huh? it's been pretty busy. Well, I appreciate you coming back on the show. I know, obviously, it's our number one episode. <laughs> Imagine that, dude. Was that
1: season one, season two? I don't know. I don't know. I'd almost wish to reference it for the for the people <laughs> at home, but I don't remember which one it was. That's right. Okay.
0: But at that point, you were self-diagnosing yourself with eight adhd medically diagnosed and i I haven't been missed like it hasn't been
2: declared a misdiagnosis okay but i'm starting to suspect that that might have been a misdiagnosis okay suspicion thing
1: so that what brings about the suspicion there there i like to just
2: catch you guys up since i last been here okay please do so um I was pretty isolated, but I was also having like a lot of realizations about stuff and uh, Mm -hmm. overthinking, like you said. Sure. And when you overthink society and yourself, you can start alienated, not just from society, but also who you are. And uh, at some point I started drinking and um, I don't really know. It wasn't like a uh, it was such a casual thing. I was just like, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, right. With a girl, I was like, whatever. And then uh, I kept drinking and then you know i decided to quit because i got into a fight at with alexa at like two in the morning <laughs> you told me about yeah this, and it was right. like yeah. a vicious fight and then i was like <laughs> i was it went on for like an hour having alexa
1: a person or no having about a fight
2: with
0: his artificial intelligence some i pe- <laughs> got the impression that's what we were talking about
2: <laughs> some people are fighting with it now because i probably triggered their device to turn on right. by saying that you know <laughs> there
1: you go but uh so yeah disagreements with the yeah then i realized
2: like, i, I kind of laughed and then i quit drinking uh for health reasons and i like, if I could fight with that, I could fight with anything. And uh, I was having like you know, eight to twelve drinks a day, which is pretty bad, but it doesn't really explain what happened next because I've quit alcohol many times and never had this experience. So I uh, mm-hmm. I woke up, it was two days after I quit drinking, mm-hmm. and I woke up in a complete psychotic episode. Mm-hmm. Like I was having hallucinations, I was laughing like the Joker, I was crying the next minute, I was uh manic episodes, depersonalization like looking at my hands feeling disconnected from my body and then having anxiety attacks, out-of-body experiences where I was becoming the room. I got this uh, buzzing all throughout my spine. And then uh, just like weird, like my body felt like it was going to implode. And I didn't know what was going on. So uh, I called up uh, my mom. I just said, I have to get out of this environment. And then through a lot of events, the way it's been identified to me as a kundalini awakening is what mm. they would call Which is apparently the path of energy, and I was never taught this in a 12-step program, but there's a path of enlightenment, which is more so faith in life, and the path of energy is trying to understand life. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to understand life to communicate it to others, and uh, drug abuse can actually trigger a kundalini
0: awakening, which Mm – you know, so I believe the alcohol abuse one, triggered One this. thing I did do some research on after we spoke about that. um So there is the light
1: kundalini awakening,
0: and then there is also the dark. I had the dark.
1: Darker. So dark. I mean,
2: I've done a lot of. I've had scary experiences. Kundalini.
1: I, I mean, the word's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into this. Yes, yeah.
2: kundalini. It's a yoga type. Yeah, uh, as well as just a spirituality. Right. It was the scariest thing that ever happened to me. I mean, I've done salvia. I've been shot at. I've had a lot of things happen and it was the most terrified i'd ever been in my i
1: love how salvia I mean, and being shot at were yeah, <laughs> like those are the insane. two things yeah that hey, happens. i've done salvia i know what you're talking about that that's some weird stuff sometimes you definitely all of a sudden you're just boom in a whole nother
2: yeah dimension
1: yeah. or something for about 18 seconds and then you're back but right but so okay back so to
2: uh yeah so i go with my mom and I had to use my mindfulness coach, so I needed a guide to get through it kind of. But I've done a lot of psychedelic drugs in the past, so I kind of knew, okay, this is like a bad trip, and the last thing you want to do is avoid anxiety. I had to speak in like Hong Kong over video call like the next day, and I could have canceled that. But I I know from bad trips and experiences that if you start changing the way you behave – because the anxiety – even in an awakening experience, they're saying the anxiety is trying to teach you something – Like I was anxious about checking my bank account because I was like, this isn't the time to do that when I'm already having all this. But then I had to say, no, you're doing it. Right. And I had to walk through all those things. And I talked to my mindfulness coach. And uh, what I realized is that I was trying to understand my narrative. And uh, I realized that my narrative was just as senseless as society as far as understanding my narrative in order to dissect who I am as a human being. Sure. In other words, who I am in a spiritual sense is beyond my comprehension, and I've been trying to understand it so much that I drove myself insane
1: oh yeah yep. and
2: i I laughed really hard, and then I let go of so much and I experienced i guess what some would call like a state of enlightenment right, and uh what it was was not anything I thought it was. I always thought it was like a journey to get from here to there, like mm-hmm. consciousness, like you study sure. especially at the books It's like you get from step one to step twelve or you uh I was just reading books on consciousness, oneness, the subject object, like all these things thinking I'm going to go there. But when it actually happened, I realized I just love normalcy. I was so grateful to not be in the kundalini badness that I was like, dude, I love normalcy. And I stopped thinking because I didn't want it to return. And then as far as like alcohol is like. It became like, heck no! I'm never drinking again because I don't want that to ever happen again. That. While
0: while we're doing while we're bringing up the Kundalini, that sounds like the light portion of the Kundalini awakening symptoms that uh, you were. So you went through the dark, and then also because like I mean, it's uh, an experience of oneness where you feel where your compassion for humanity increases, and then just a, a spiritual connection with the divine that transcends. Uh, the ego. Yeah,
2: it's really, really trippy. And in recovery, I mean, uh, I feel like it's presented that uh you know, there's a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. when you finish the 12 steps and I'm starting to realize like the actual awakening is a lifelong, it keeps happening. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, there's awakenings. Yeah. That was one awakening yeah. that was really intense sure. for me of letting go. It's one I needed the most. I think of anything. Well,
0: and I love that because we always point out, Hey, it, there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, you know, we'd all take too many. There's no magic pill. You have to keep up yep. at it and it's a work in progress. Sobriety, and your mental health there's is all, a work in progress.
1: There's all kinds of you know cliches or whatever that uh, describe it, you know, in shorter form. Um, but a lot of what I'm hearing is, you know, you were kind of diving, trying to dive so deep into all of the questions that we all ponder, like, why am I here? What you know? Yeah,
2: questioning why I have
1: questions even yeah. nah, <laughs> like going way too deep. With yeah. It. Well, and that's what happens is you you end up going you know into almost you know nonsensical non-useful thought and um anyways you know uh, to go to the cliche part of it it's it, don't take yourself so seriously kind of thing right yeah
2: like, just rely like be yeah. i'm inspired more by dogs every day you you <laughs> yeah. said
0: that in the past and i yeah uh, yeah
2: i mean they just are their presence in their sure. no conception of self they don't need a conception of self like i right. do you mm-hmm. know yeah so anyways that goes on and then um I feel way better, but I'm still having symptoms of it to this day. Like, a,
0: I notice you keep on messing with your spine. Yeah, I have That's a serious. buzzing
2: in my spine constantly, and uh-huh. I have this thing where I'll like my leg will will like tremble, or uh-huh. like it feels like my bones are
0: shaking, and it'll okay.
2: be in my arms. But it feels good. And then there's a, uh, I wake up at 4 a.m. No matter what I do. Right. And um, I have closed eye visuals at night. If I'm okay. about to go to bed, there's this point where I'm not asleep, but I'm already starting to dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like I online i mean someone laid out the seven symptoms i was like dude i have all of them and i don't think this is normal and i was like this is weird i don't know if i believe in kundalini or any of that Mm -hmm. i'm just saying that's the thing it aligns with so then i started realizing different things like i started realizing hey uh the uh the prescription i'm taking my memory sucks and i Mm -hmm. started saying maybe it's that like well butrin is causing memory problems okay and uh, I went online and looked up ADHD medication memory. Mm-hmm. and memory. Uh, and apparently, if you don't have ADHD, your medication will cause memory problems. Right. I have to backtrack a little bit. I, before that even happened, I started looking at my body and realizing things I never saw before. Like my skin was dry. Mm-hmm. I started realizing I had a decreased libido. Okay. Like my drive was just not really there. This
1: is all while taking Wellbutrin. And then how long were you drinking for? Sounds like just like a week or two. Not too long. Yeah,
2: uh, it's like a week or two. Yeah, okay. but see, this was my whole life. I started realizing, hey, this has been going on since years. Mm-hmm. Also, I noticed that it's really easy for me to gain weight, really hard for me to lose it. Right. Uh, lymph nodes are somewhat swollen, mm-hmm. and I start. It's weird. I was never aware of any of this before, and I started thinking maybe I have a problem. So I went to an endocrinologist, and mm-hmm. first they test for testosterone, which mm-hmm. sure I thought was. Okay, that's the weight gain. That's the anxiety, depression thing. Mm -hmm. They came back, said, your testosterone is actually abnormally high, but in in a healthy range. Mm -hmm. So then I get a full blood panel going. And after they told me that about testosterone, I started eating really healthy because I was studying the body, and I realized, oh, my gosh, this thing is complicated. Right. And I was like, I'm going <laughs> to well, go on. body? By the way, yeah. Yeah, so I went on paleo, and the I said. The
1: perfect machine.
2: Yeah, when someone tells you you have that much testosterone, they're in a nice way saying maybe you're just lazy. And I kind of took that like I needed to actually listen to that voice in my head. I've always listened to the comforting one. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to listen to the one that's like get up
0: the voice of reason yeah, yeah
2: like maybe this is laziness so I you're, started working your spiritual mom <laughs> yeah so I started working out way harder and uh I started uh eating way healthier I right. took my body way more serious like mm-hmm. it became high intensity workouts and then I noticed the medication was causing memory loss. Mm. Big time. Okay. The more healthy I got, the more I got memory loss. So I looked up ADHD medication and memory loss, and it's a sign you don't have ADHD. Okay. So if somebody was prescribed, let's say, for instance, Wellbutrin, Adderall, and they're getting memory issues, mm-hmm. um, that's a good sign that they have too much dopamine.
1: Right. So have so- you stopped taking the medication?
2: Yeah, yeah. So at that, that point, I felt like I was uncomfortable stopping it. And now, did yeah. you do it also
0: uh, uh, medically supervised?
2: No. Okay. No. Just, that's kind
1: of where I was decide. going yeah. with that too.
0: Right.
2: Which is not the safest idea. Yeah. Sure. Right. <laughs> we always. While well, I was on the
0: lowest medical adult. medical supervision is important, kids. Yeah. Well, yeah. I
1: mean, you're young. You're in good shape. I think I just heard you say you were on the lowest adult yeah, dosage. Yeah, the
2: lowest adult dosage and I looked up the taper protocol and I would be at the one before cutting it off.
1: Okay. So nice. I was
2: like, I can get back on if I, I haven't even brought it up to my doctor. Hope, you know, <laughs> well and,
1: by the way. <laughs> at least there's some, you know, uh I haven't y- seen responsibility and some thought that went into it. So that's good. How how long have you been off the medication now? Oh
2: gosh, it's been um about maybe I don't know, I think like ten days, okay. something like that, twelve days. How long were you on the medication? <laughs> about uh six months okay. okay and so uh so i get off of it i felt like i needed i started getting this thing where i was like i need to face things that are uncomfortable when i saw the laziness thing ironically i was on youtube i was on the home page and i saw a guy named david goggins and the mm-hmm. the youtube thumbnail just caught my attention and mm-hmm. he's a former navy seal uh, and he has this right. way of talking about a recovery that i didn't know existed mm-hmm. that it was a different way of looking at recovery uh where it was about doing the things you don't want to do, it seems really obvious. It seems really obvious, but I realized that I always try to stay in a comfort zone and I'm not willing to really push, you know, mm-hmm. as far as getting up at 5 a.m. and going running like that sure. kind of pushing and right. build up to that and make it like a lifestyle where this is your new normal. And he, you know, of course he even says he don't want to do it, but then you start getting victories, right? You start releasing like something.
1: I think build up to that is a good, uh, yeah, uh, a good, place to kind of focus on it. You know, a lot of times you want to tackle it all in once as an addict or an alcoholic, yeah. it's kind of the mentality. It's like, I want that. I'm going to, I'm going to do this and this, <laughs> you know, but it, it makes it unattainable, you know, uh, sure. build up to that kind of thing. Um, also just want to jump in real quick cause we were kind of starting to touch on it, but you know, uh, ceasing medications like that. And, and, you know, it sounds like you're past the point where there, you know, would be any sort of withdrawal period. So I think you're probably okay. Um, just something to point out, it, different medications react to different people in different ways, especially, um, you know, the amounts are important, how long you've been on it's important, um, what kind of medications like SSRIs and things like that can be really tricky to stop without and medical supervision. And just as a disclaimer, this is not the, re- he is not a real professor. Yeah, but, but, that, but. but that's kind of what I'm getting at is just, you know, hey, uh, it, bring it up with your doc first is always the smartest thing because you never know what kind of reaction you're going to have. There's, there's, uh, you know, suicidal thoughts can creep in all kinds of weird things can creep in when you see, um, medications that affect brain chemistry. like just feeling different and feeling, you know, how, how you were describing basically. So just want to throw that out there for the audience, but, um, but yeah. Okay. So cool. So David Goggins and then kind of go. Sorry.
0: Yeah.
2: So, I I mean, I was already in this mindset of doing what I'm uncomfortable with. So, when I quit the medication, which, I, again, I hell no, I don't advise to do. Right. Um, yeah, I had a slight withdrawal, but I saw it as, hey, this makes it more uncomfortable to go running. So, just quitting the medication didn't make me shut down. Mm-hmm. It actually made me, in a way, push harder because I was like, if I do this while – I'm uncomfortable, then when I become comfortable, this will be like nothing. Yeah. Right. And the withdrawal wasn't bad at all. I actually started feeling better almost rapidly as far as memory, working mm-hmm. memory
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh focus. Okay. I went the opposite way of what I thought it would go. Well well beauty was one
1: of the easier ones too. So that's good. And especially on that low, that's good. You know, I think that 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 helped too. Um so uh so yeah. So the last 10 days you've just been kind of pushing yourself physically. Well oh, no, like this that, is or? what's
2: crazy. So then the endocrinologist comes back with the full panel. Mm-hmm. On uh, it was like not many. It was not long after I quit wellbutrin. It was like a couple days. This was on uh, March. I want to say around March thirteenth. Okay. Um. So they say that you're abnormally high in cortisol, really bad, okay. and you're low in di- you're deficient in vitamin D, okay. and you have slight hyperthyroidism. Now all this is is solvable with over the counter medication. Now right. I went on a site called Twenty Three andme Mm-hmm. And they told me I had a genetic variation called MTHFR. Okay. So I'll kind of explain. Like, oh, wait, break that down for us. I'll start that with MTHFR for? because this yeah. one was really intense for me. MTHFR, forty percent of people have this genetic variation. Okay. So, if and what never... does the
1: acronym
0: stand for, though?
2: Oh gosh, if I could. Only... <laughs> okay, I'll let when it you. Yeah, when you're yeah.
1: getting in ge- genetics and stuff like that, who knows? Okay, yeah, it's
2: pretty long. Yeah, but what it does, uh, when you're... just be
1: whoever discovered it, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, their,
0: it's their
2: name. Yeah. Well, the, the, when you have that genetic variation, what happens is your body doesn't convert folic acid to vitamin B9. And in that conversion process, put B9 where it needs to go. Uh, so these people, one what it causes ultimately, one of the big things is a decrease in serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine. Mm. And I, I have this genetic variant. Mm-hmm. So... I have this MTHFR, and, and the solution is avoid folic acid, which everybody always told me to take or eat. Sure. And take something called methylfolate with a complex or B vitamins. Mhm. Uh, so I took it, um, and I literally—I uh, was like everything. I was self-medicating, a hundred percent. It was like how people describe Prozac, but it didn't feel like a chemical at all. Right. It, it felt, just felt natural, like this is like, like returning to my childhood. This is like hmm. right who I was always. It's just this calm, like, just ability to, and the grass got a little greener. Everything got brighter. I got more motivation, and my focus just went up. It was everything I wished that ADHD medication did. Right. And then with cortisol, I started reducing my stress with uh, fish oil, ashwagandha, yoga, acupressure. I went all in on it. Mm -hmm. And then I felt even better. And then with vitamin D, bringing that in, I felt even better. Right. And then I got to a point where I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like being born at 31. Right. And then I started thinking back. I was like, I've been to rehab several times. I've been to, uh, you know, psychiatric doctors and I've never once gotten blood work in my life. Right. It's never even been offered or suggested or pushed. And then I started thinking like, this is crazy to me that we have like a, like that's not a first step because the thing with mental health is when you're coming at it with therapy and you're coming at it with antidepressants, Mm -hmm. these things are processes. They take a long time. Antidepressants, trial and error. Therapy can take years. With the body, when you see that, hey, they're deficient in testosterone or thyroid problem or uh, deficient in iron or vitamins, uh, those things can be solved rapidly, mm-hmm. and those lifestyle changes will make a huge difference within days. And right. it also it's measurable. We know, like with ADHD, you can't measure So dopamine. when
0: you went to rehab before, they never tested your blood? No, never even blood offered blood? it. Oh, really? Wow.
2: And well, I, then I started talking to people at uh, – meetings and I started talking to family members, mm-hmm. like one, uh, one parent of an, uh, someone addicted, their, their kid went to treatment 10 times mm-hmm. and she told me, no, they've never done blood work. And a lot of people in the meetings never gotten blood work out of rehab. Wow. And then I started telling people about my experience of methylfolate and some people I said, like the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work. From my understanding, you take it and it, you might get a little edgy cause you have too much methylfolate, but it's mm-hmm. not like something that's going to really harm you. But a lot of these people struggling with addiction and recovery took it and they were saying, wow, like they had depression issues, they had mm-hmm. anxiety, a lot of that went away. Right. So then, um, I'm, 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 it's like, the ABC news hits me up and, uh, talks about a story on nitrous oxide. Sure. And I'm like going crazy with the cortisol treatment. I'm like, <laughs> this is it. I found recovery. And they're like, why? The question for the topic of the story was why do people abuse nitrous oxide? Sure. Fun. Right. So time go a little time goes by, and like last night, I it was put in me to go on Google and look up how does nitrous oxide get you high? Sure. And there's one thing I knew: the primary mechanism of action in NMDA antagonism, which is the same as DXM, PCP, and ketamine. Right. But nitrous has a very relaxing component mm. that the others don't necessarily have. Right. Ketamine's like a pure dissociative. DXM has kind of like an SSRI antidepressant feel. Yeah. PCP has like a stimulant amphetamine feel. So I was like, what what is that? How does this actually work? And the way that nitrous gives that relaxing feel, feeling, at least a big contributor to it, is triggering the anti-stress hormonal response, lowering cortisol. And the only other substance that would do that is opiates. And both these things are on the rise and uh, so then I was like, huh, that's interesting. But you have to think heart disease is on the rise, obesity. Sure. Just drug abuse in general, um, suicide, depression, anxiety, ADHD oh, is yeah. on the rise. So then I started thinking like, you know, this is just me playing with ideas. I don't really know much of anything, to be honest. But I was like, maybe what I'm dealing with with cortisol isn't just me. Maybe the whole quarantine and uh, us not being able to to really practice good stress. Right. Like, get out and grocery shop and go to the gym sure so we're limited in that way then we're fed a lot of distress in a way we almost uh we almost like it's just like a perfect storm to create an influx of a lot of
0: cortisol yeah because there's things we can't fix that we're looking at right and then things we can well i think i think it's just gonna you know the whole pandemic is going to affect Everybody across the board, sure. Um, you know, alcohol definitely included in that discussion.
1: We're we're creatures that want to be a part of a community. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're built that way. We want to interact with each other. I think that's primarily what we're here to do. You know, connect with each other in whatever kind of way we can. And when that's taken away, but you know, through quarantine and things like that, mm-hmm. there's going to be uh, all sorts of effects. And then there's all going to be on the flip side sorts of coping mechanisms that people will use to deal with those effects. Um, drugs is a, a go-to for a lot of people, drugs and alcohol. I mean, it's a, it's a tried and true method to change the way that you feel generally for the better very quickly. Right. So, yeah.
0: Well, while we're talking about that, we can go ahead and talk about my drug use.
1: Oh, all right. Let's do <laughs> it. Quick. Kelly, tell um, no, no,
0: guy. no. I just, yeah. I want to put in my two cents for um, nitrous oxide. Um, okay. Yeah. As a dj a yeah, successful dj i, I don't doubt in, you saw a little in bit the in the rave scene we saw you know there was um canisters of nitrous oxide yeah and nitrous oxide uh with somebody with balloons and the first time i see that i go wow this is fun this party has balloons yeah <laughs>
1: like the punching bag yeah, balloons yeah. i remember they and i'm, to I'm just well.
0: like sitting there going oh uh okay um It's not those kind of balloons, Kelly. It's not like I'm like, why are they sucking in helium? It's just gonna make their voice high. Nice. I mean, that's just that's just that's just my naivety. Might lower your voice. This is this one's gonna lower your voice. Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, there's been songs that have been made about it. Uh, My buddy uh, Green Velvet made a song called Flash. Which uh, you know, is all about uh the balloon in the corner and yeah.
1: and you know, people doing nitrous oxide. I, I remember when I was I don't know, probably seventeen, eighteen, for a little while I got into the rave scene. This is late nineties. And yeah, they would it 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 was so like clandestine back then, you know. There were the the flyers, and you called the number, and that would oh, yeah. give you directions the map to the point field dude. in the, the middle of point. nowhere where yeah. DJs like you were were <laughs> exactly. playing. And uh, yeah, I remember seeing you know the big like dental uh, office canisters. Oh I, yeah, you know I don't know how they, they were weren't old kidding old, around, but no. uh, yeah, it was like the full on balloons, big daddies. Them. Yeah, yeah, you know that was one one place you'd see it. And then we used to. um all th- it was a problem actually for a while. We would, um, restaurant supply stores back uh, then. So you could go to restaurant supply stores and buy, um, I think you have to get them on the internet now. I don't think you can go to stores now, but right. I have no idea. Really. I have heard you can get them on the internet. Yeah. Restaurant yes, supply stores, that. you get the, the little canisters, you know, the little like, uh, nitrous oxide canisters. You get the whipped cream maker and we would load that thing up. And I mean, we would drive around doing, you know, doing whippets, right? Try, yeah. Know, like testing our invincibility. And just, and just, I also want to point that out. you know, I, I want to point that out really. that,
0: that nitrous oxide and whippets, are the same yeah so yeah we said and then but then you know it's all inhalants right yeah yeah so that being said um there are you know rush is what they used to call it and other things that aren't nitrous oxide but a lot of people just go oh it's all inhalants and it's not all the same well i know yeah yeah i made a point of that yeah duster and dusters uh, are different things right yeah
1: Yeah Duster's a big one now. I, I personally have never done Duster. It's one of the few drugs out there in the world I haven't done, I guess. But remember when we were in Summer Sky together, you know, there were they were always talking about Duster or whatever. I'm sure you have you super done, dangerous. Yeah, it's yeah freaking keyboard
2: cleaner. I mean, <laughs> Western Millette. what did you guys get out of nitrous?
1: So I like, mean, as far as
2: like, what do you feel like it did for you that kept you coming back to it?
1: Um, I mean, at that point in my life, I was just a completely out of control. Um, I don't know, pleasure seeker, whatever I could do that made me feel good. I was going to do right with 17, 18, 19 when I was into nitrous. Um, so just completely wheels off. Um, and that's probably part, part of the appeal of it was that it was, you know, other drugs I had been doing to that point certainly got me high, but nitrous gets you for a short period of time, granted, not as long mm-hmm. as other drugs, right? but just gets you so ridiculously high. I'm mean, sure this close to losing consciousness, <laughs> you know, right. but, yeah. but not. And, um, and I mean, we really, I'm telling you, we were like testing the limits of our invincibility almost. I mean, we would drive around at high speeds doing nitrous while behind the wheel and to anyone who's ever done nitrous, a terrible idea. (laughs) You've got a better, you've got a a better chance driving blackout drunk. You really, really do. Yeah. Nitrous especially because they're disconnect, your brain disconnects from the body. You completely lose vision. You go tunnel vision. I mean, it was, it was a bad deal. So I think that was part of the appeal uh, man was like testing my invincibility Um, Also, it was just cheap and easy to get and goofy, and um, I don't know, but we would spend nights just loading up a whipped cream canister, Mm -hmm. sucking on that thing, you know, turning our lips blue, freezing our (laughs) vocal cords, just, you know, going until we... Good, clean fun. Yeah, going until our head (laughs) wanted to explode. Sure. Kill as many brain cells as possible in one night. I mean, just nonsense. Right, yeah. I don't know that it filled any sort of, um, like emotional thing, but certainly at that time, I think was, uh, I was so wheels off that the, the chasing some sort of like, am, you know, am I invincible? Can I possibly even like get yeah. caught, get hurt? I've that kind there. of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of where I was during that time frame. And then, well, let's
0: go ahead. since we've all, uh, you know, shared our experience, yeah. uh, what was your experience yeah uh, what, like, sort of what was just drew you in i guess mainly potentiation of, of psychedelic drugs
2: like right. i was curious yeah. about what you think about that because the the yeah. plur scene you know about plur oh, yes
0: of course but i was actually talking peace, to them peace, about it peace love unity and respect don't you feel like the I know
2: uh that acronym the rave culture and the people that use that like raves and stuff uh are a little different than say like the narcotics as far as heroin and meth users and what do you think? Because I was telling him, I feel like on the surface it's like that, but then there's this underbelly, and it's not everybody. It's like a trap some fall into. Yeah. right where they're predisposed to addiction and then it becomes like this kind of gnarly underbelly where it's really about the ecstasy mm-hmm. and then the actress yeah. and in the, in the girls mm-hmm. and they'll, right. they'll do anything. They'll cut you out of the way to get what they want. Sure. It's yeah. not plur anymore, you know?
1: Right. <laughs> no, I yeah. would totally agree with it's that. that yeah, I think yeah, I for the curious. most, it, yeah. unless,
0: unless one of those letters uh, stood for, uh, you know, just out of body experience. Or, yeah. For the yeah. most
1: part, I think, you know, like <laughs> rape culture and, and, and that thing is, is, is built around that idea yeah you know? sure or like like you were talking about psychedelic potentiation i think that was a big thing with nitrous at especially at raves it's like take a bunch of acid and then also do this or whatever right um but yeah the nasty underbelly like you're talking about like 80 percent of the folks are in it for i don't know i guess the right reasons is whatever that
0: you know, <laughs> what are whatever the right, that means what are the right reasons um,
1: but yeah well <laughs> like you're saying peace love unity all that but yeah. just to have fun, to have a good experience, um, to, you know, maybe connect with other people in a way you're not able to normally. Mm. Sure. Um, to connect with the music in a way you're not able to normally. Right. Um, that's the idea. But like you said, some people are predisposed to addiction. So it ends up going in yeah. this weird, you know, why? why
2: and I, I feel like what causes that is the brain and the way the brain works and also the way the body works. And the body I neglected. Mm. I didn't. I just never felt like it was really critical because it was never really presented that way. It was always the brain. Sure. But the body, if the body apparently D vitamin D deficiency and excess cortisol causes drug abuse. The, the I and
0: mean, I don't know the vitamin D thing. I've heard that. Yeah. And it, I'm always low in vitamin D. Yeah. I'm calling bullshit on that. Yeah, dude. you never
1: look. The riddle's the riddle still for a reason. Uh, yeah, you know. I think as we continue to learn, especially about genetics, yeah, uh, there's probably. Uh, a I lot. think
0: there's a lot of validity to what he said as far as blood testing, and that should happen. Not, I mean, I think the reason why I was blood tested is because I was diabetic, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but I think they should probably blood test across the board. Yeah, well, they do, you know,
1: they do that at SummerSky. They do that at
0: Did they do they, that with you as they, well?
1: As or? an IV user, they yes. were not able to get blood from me <laughs> at that time. I had no, You had no veins. No usable veins. Right. I might have a few now where right. it would still probably be a, a chore for sure. someone to do. Um, but I know most of the patients there got blood that's tests. That's good
2: yeah. treatment. But yeah. that's the thing. Like, I, I swear it's not like – It is not the norm. There's Absolutely no policy not. that says – they have to do that. They have to right. the drug
0: test. I think it should be a part of the policy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a question
2: for people. Like, and I think that if you're paying 30000 to go to treatment, they can do a full blood panel. I mean, to right. make sure they touch that base before giving you an antidepressant. Sure. Just to make sure, hey, if you have a deficiency, let's treat that first and then look at the brain. Like, it's- I think it should be ground up. Like, the brain is the last thing you really want to touch but you if you have to touch it you have to touch it right you know i'm saying but the body's so quick to fix and and everybody
0: everybody's completely different too Mm -hmm. in that aspect and you can't just go oh okay well exactly yeah he's he's an alcoholic so chances are he's depressed let's just go ahead and just feed him some of these
1: and you know maybe well certainly the thing we know the least about Brain, sure you know so that makes a lot of sense you touch it last you know it's where our least amount of knowledge is but i mean probably why it's not blood tested is probably because it's not covered by insurance when treating addiction you know i don't so know i
0: think they could mark it up i
2: wish they just had it they least, could work with them but yeah. see the thing is i was never even recommended to me and i think you'll find that a lot with re- people in recovery that you know summer sky sounds like a good i'm sure there's good places there's, there's exceptions some. to this rule and there's just like there's good yep. doctors but right when you yep. ask a a group of them, I'm pretty sure if you were to pull something like that, a big majority would say it was never even recommended. Oh, no, mm. it's, it's
1: the first yeah. time I'd ever even I've been to multiple treatment centers over the course of my addiction. That is the first time I've ever even seen it. At a rehab.
2: So I'm 31 and I've been self medicating uh by this deficiency in my body. I know Mm -hmm. that because when I I remember I was telling you I'm just convinced I'm I was self medicating ADHD. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going deeper. What was causing the ADHD? Right. And these deficiencies in excess will cause symptoms. Now, in a symptomatic diagnosis without blood work, they're going to say it's ADHD. They're going to say it's depression, anxiety. But when you go into the blood work, you would say, oh, well, this is what's causing all of those things. Sure. And then uh, right. I know that because when I'm now I'm healing the body and it's just like a totally different experience. Like you said, everybody's different because I researched it a bit. And if you have too low a cortisol, you want to do weightlifting and running. If you're too high, you want to do yoga and right. walking. It makes me want to go
0: get my blood work done again.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> I just think it's because well, really. it's like, probably about time. Yeah, too. Sure. It, we, well, you had it. I remember looking at the paperwork that you had. Right, I was like, oh, hey, look, dude, all
0: my levels are, like, normal, man. I don't have to take insulin. (laughs) Yeah, exciting times. Well,
2: 2020 kind of showed. I mean, if you survive 2020, there's a chance your hormones might be a little messed up. (laughs) Because, like, endocrinology, like, our behavior affects our hormone concentration. So our behavior changed so dramatically, so fast, and then we're hit with all the stress that the world's about to end. And it's really interesting to look at because – I think we've always thought the way to deal with stress is to remove it completely because right. that's why I was actually talking to somebody from their crew earlier, and I was, we were talking about camera work, and mm-hmm. she was saying you have to make a bunch of mistakes, which I totally agreed with. That's mm-hmm. how you learn something, making a bunch of mistakes, and in a way with like things like Google, we've cut that out where you right. search for something, and it's fed to you. It used to be you had to know somebody <laughs> or you had to make mistakes, but then you go further, and you realize everything's convenient, like going to the movie theater, gone. Oh, yeah. And now it's just all on Netflix and you don't have to look for it. It's recommended to you. Right. And then, uh, oh, you need uh, food,
0: Uber eats, you know, kind of funny. You say that because like, I was just going to say that it's, you know, that it's basically like recovery, you know, it's like recovery is a series of making mistakes. You know, and that's, yeah, I mean, I was like, I was like, oh, is he going there with that? But that's what I thought. That's well, what, yeah, life that's what popped I into mean, my little
1: brain. Life, You know, when we were earlier, uh, another one of the cliches I was thinking of is this whole, you know, it's a marathon and not a sprint. The idea of being spiritual awakening, awakening spiritually, learning about, you know, some of the answers to knowledge, well, knowledge about your blood work. Those things can change over time. They mm-hmm. can develop over time. Um, and they should. Uh, it's, I, I don't personally think that it's about, you know, all of a sudden I learn some truth and that is my truth, no matter what, yes, or X amount absolutely. of time, yeah. uh, that truth can change sure. and, um, should change if I'm growing and, and, and continuing to seek God and seek answers in some kind of way. So, right. um, yeah, but, uh, you know, <laughs> all of that stuff, I've just, um, the one thing I know about recovery for sure is it works a heck of a lot better when the other people are involved. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You're talking about a community aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And um, a lot of what you were just talking about, you know, isolates a person, right? Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – I wonder how many folks are out there just, you know – going through their whole day with almost no human interaction whatsoever i,
0: I bet i guarantee you this i guarantee no, you don't but, have to but i guarantee you this guy can relate because you do self-isolate a lot right yeah. i mean yeah you, would you consider can, yourself you can uh, get in a trap of
2: thinking a video call is the same as going to see somebody but the thing uh, with uh they call it i think it's you stress and then there's right. distress you stress mm-hmm. is good mm-hmm. but it actually needs a physical component to be released you have sure. to physically do something to release it mm-hmm. so it's not the same Right. It's not the same. There's not that sense, because when you're driving somebody, somewhere, your car could break down. So what are you doing? You're actually facing a risk, and then you mm. come out ahead. It's stressful to drive. Right. That's why we're avoiding it. Um, by and, the way, uh,
0: dude, good job on driving yourself here.
2: Yeah, like I, <laughs> I was know, driving was here, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I have a PTSD driving anxiety. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, and oh, and no, I was no, no, like, no, I was like, because well, I, I, you know, I thought
1: he was going to be with the film crew today. By the way, we're being filmed. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny you mentioned that. So I don't know why this just came to mind, but it happened. So right before I went into Summer Sky, right before I got Mm -hmm. sober, uh, things were not going well, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. They rarely are before someone decides to sober up. But um, I am not generally a suicidal person, but I had this weird – I had become suicidal in this weird, very specific way. Mm -hmm. Um, Had a life insurance policy and was trying to find out a way for my family to cash in on that you know, and me to check out, right? Right. And the best way I had come up with was all of a sudden this idea came to mind. I should drive off one of those overpasses, right? One of the big overpasses. Once that idea got in my brain, Uh I would have full on panic attacks on these overpasses. And even now, nine months sober, Mm. um, I still operate on those overpasses the same way I was that month before I got sober trying not to kill myself, what will happen is I get on there and I have to focus on the road. Cause if out of the periphery I see yeah. how high up I am, yeah, immediately some voice is like, Drive off, come on, just do it, just do it, just do it, just wow. do it, just do it. It's this weird battle I fight yeah. on overpasses i um, wondering when that's going to go so, It
0: sounds like you could use some therapy, my Maybe. friend. Maybe,
1: <laughs> yeah. while well, talking about yeah. it right here and, and, yeah, thank and talking well, about it is probably good. Hey, thank you for sharing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, I relate. I, I mean, in yeah. a way, I relate. Yeah. I just,
2: But I think it's so important that I used to, like, old Philip would have probably stopped driving. I mean, got yeah. an Uber, even though it's not safer. I just <laughs> sure. wouldn't have to deal with the stress of doing it. Oh, yeah. You see how, like, technology has made that easy for me? Oh, yeah. And that's the issue, I feel like, is that – when COVID hit and quarantine happened, we were kind of pushed to move to a sedentary digital lifestyle. And I think uh, some people... Because the thing is, people are stressed out. They're stressed out because <laughs> the, they thought the world was in to end. There's racial issues. There's division. There's Yeah, it's not like we were killing media. it.
1: We weren't killing it
2: before COVID hit. Yeah, there was, there was this, was was going this was already yeah. happening. This was already happening. I think the way that... And then they're working jobs and uh, they can barely pay their bills. They don't like working the job. So that's not... An example of, uh, I mean, you know, it's work, but it's work that you hate doing. And then and, and when I got home, so I'll just, just share from my experience, it's like all I wanted to do was escape that. And there's so many options to do that mm-hmm. right now. It's ridiculous. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instant yeah. gratification is just bleeding and every even the promotions i get every promotion i get is about how to do something faster easier smarter better right but so you save all this time and that could be a really good thing these things can be tools that can be to our benefit but with that extra time what am i doing right yeah Yeah. am i doing yoga am i going running no yeah i have all this extra time i'm not playing guitar now i'm doing
1: this yeah yeah you see what i'm trying to say and it
2: seems like and then i so this is where it gets kind of more creepy where i I looked up COVID 19 and Mm um cortisol Mm -hmm. and so they they actually researched Mm -hmm. this very early on why is that because sars was known to astronomically reduce cortisol Mm -hmm. like way too much Mm -hmm. uh what they found with COVID 19 is it Jacks it up like crazy. So you have one to two hundred nanograms per milliliter normally, and I'm not a scientist. This is just sure, basically what Rough I read. figures. Right. Yeah, yeah. What you read. So uh, when you have COVID nineteen, it can shoot up to 3,200. So to give you a reference point, major surgery on average will shoot you up to a thousand. This mm-hmm. is what I was reading. Mm-hmm. So it's three over three times more than major surgery. Now the thing is, when your cortisol goes that high, to bring it back down. You actually have to do some work to bring it down. It's not one of those things where you can go about this consistent sedentary lifestyle. So what I'm saying is on top of all that that went into this quarantine, if somebody like me got COVID, I mean, Mm -hmm. even the fact that you have something that you can die from, that's going to jack your levels up. Sure. And then I recover. Well, a lot of people have long lasting effects after Mm COVID-19. And I think not always, but I think in some cases it could have to do with we're not really taught how to manage stress and it's not no. something that really enters our our minds too much sure
1: like Dude, that's how a, important that is yeah that's a super great point that we're not taught how to manage stress i mean no i don't recall i blame anything. it on whoever didn't teach me that
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i blame well, my alcoholism on that <laughs> but you know, i so, didn't even think about it until yeah. i was 31 yeah. and i'd yeah. already been to treatment so many right. times so, i never thought about it
1: so what's crazy though like so from from what we talk about like our perspective what's crazy is so So why is it that X number, X percentage of people when they, so we talk about, we basically have talked about why you would seek an escape, right? Why you would seek stress relief in alcohol and drugs, nitrous specifically, we talked about a little bit, whatever it is. So that's why you might seek it. But how, so why is it that this percentage of people, whatever number that is, um, fall into addiction with it like do you think it's genetic do you think it's brain do you think it's do you think i could think it could be a combo player we still don't know we've been looking at it for years sure we uh, no I, one knows
2: my best guess because everything that i've been learning and i don't know anything that's why i started off saying i don't know anything right because i always am proven wrong i mean last time what was it like a month or some ago i was right. convinced i had adhd sure now i'm questioning that Right. So I don't even want to say I don't have ADHD. That's why I say I'm questioning it. Right. Because who knows? I could come back next. You're ADHD. I'm trying to stick you're with a- it.
0: Up. ADHD neutral. Look, I'm pretty simple <laughs> now, but like right.
2: I'm understanding simplicity is not knowledge. Sure. Because know, then you're jumping back and forth. I don't care to really know much. Sure. Uh, but what I have been discovering is addiction comes down to self medicating, and it's a societal problem. Right. It's not like drug addiction. And uh, fast food and sex they're all kind of the same thing, and it all comes down to self-medicating. Now, a lot of times this is a dopamine deficiency or mm-hmm. monoamine, like serotonin, norepinephrine, dopamine. Mm-hmm. But what makes it easier to solve and more simple but also more complicated is that the body can cause those issues. Mm-hmm. Does so, that
1: make sense? So here's my thing. So I buy that as an entry into addiction, right? I buy that a self-medication is perhaps um, – Maybe why you try it in the first place, but certainly why it does more for you than maybe that's what I normal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the, the, um, best explanation I can come up with is, um, normal drinker, uh, you know, a couple of drinks at dinner or whatever, and they're good. And you're like, Two or three, what's the big, you know, why not more? They're like, well, I'm I'm feeling like I'm losing control a little bit. Mm -hmm. I get three drinks in me. I'm starting to get control. (laughs) You know what (laughs) I mean? I'm feeling like I'm getting control finally. And that, I think that self-medicating, I think that's the key there, right? That's why it makes me feel that way and not that person perhaps. But why then is the off switch so hard to find? Why can't I stop? Like that's the part of addiction that's so baffling, Sure.
0: Well like if in, if, in look, spite if of, there was if there was a controllable off switch, there would be no there would be no addiction.
1: There would be no well, it's, and know. that's the crazy part. It's like I'm not a fool. I know what it's doing to my life. I know it's hurting me, people sure. around me. I don't want to do that, yet still can't turn it off. Right? right. It's just so weird. It's so baffling. And I think that's why, you know, so much help is needed. Um, for for me, I'll speak for me personally, like the only way I've ever been able to stop is with a ton of help, um, from other people and from a a power that is not definable and explainable by me to reaching out to God within myself, within the world, you know, however you want to define Mm -hmm. it is up to you. But like that kind of thing has just been so key for me because I can't figure out how to do it just with my own brain. Like, I don't know how to do it. I tried. I went in circles for too many years wasting time. (laughs) You know what's It's interesting. I never would share this unless I didn't give a crap what people
2: thought about me. Okay. Uh, So it's like uh, with substances, what's really interesting for me is that you're talking about power of choice. Right. Like where you lose your power of choice, where you can't quit even if you want to. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot. It's something a lot of people don't understand about addiction. Like in a certain 12-step program, they talk about the hard drinker. I don't Mm -hmm. speak for that program. I'm just saying. And they say that's the person that can, you know, once they get a DUI or DWI or maybe two, they can stop. Mm -hmm. And then the alcoholic is somebody that can't never stop. Right. Um, So I always thought that I was an addict uh, to all substances I put in my body. But uh, I realized at some point, the only thing that truly removes power of choice, and you know how somebody will say, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a meth addict, I'm this, mm-hmm. so they're identifying sure, they're, with that
0: drug, I lose yeah. power with of their choice. their DOC, but then they yeah. got the other the ones.
2: The other yeah. ones, they might not continue to use them, but they sure. didn't really have that experience of not being able to stop. Yeah, the only right. one I could not stop was marijuana. That's mm-hmm. it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you go into, this is where a lot of people, this is why I don't care what people think, because a lot of people come back and they're like, I don't get weed withdrawal. I don't get addicted to weed, but well, you have to understand. It's
1: not about that.
2: I get horrible withdrawals. I lose power choice. How do I stop smoking weed? I don't even know. It right. just happens, <laughs> yeah, and I right. wait for it to stop. Now, the thing with marijuana is endocannabinoid, and I don't know too much about it, but endocrine and endocannabinoid sound alike. So sure. I'm assuming. and my endocrine system was always jacked up since mm-hmm. I was little. I have adrenal hyperactivity mm-hmm. and deficient vitamin D, And a slight hyperthyroidism. Mm -hmm. And weed uh, affects TSH levels in the thyroid, I believe. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that when we have 50 different hormones and all these vitamins going on in our unique brain chemistry that, yeah, it's just weed to a lot of people. I consider my reaction to it allergic. But for me, I lose choice. Now, with alcohol and other things, it's not a justification to use it. But when things get bad enough, like I'm yelling at my Alexa device, (laughs) our meth, you know, it gets bad enough to where I'm tearing up my body. Sure. Uh, You know, I'm able to say and that's the thing on my channel. I feel like very few people really catch on to is the drugs I speak on. I've done. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I share the experience. But ultimately, I quit because the drug wasn't worth it for some reason. Right. And it's like cocaine. Okay, my yep. nose got blew up and it was expensive. Right. And the come downs were horrible. Right. Well, and you know I, what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I has agree. I agree. But Alcohol. marijuana, I don't even know how I stop it. Alcohol right. and
1: opiates for me. Those are the two where well, I then, know I lost power. Twice and there's the also, but there's I still also felt like there was at least a little control there somewhere along the there's way. There's also a different,
0: company. everybody also, and I want to point this out everybody has a different definition of sobriety. You know, there's straight edge, you know, sobriety. And then, but then there's people that I know that are in the program, um, you know, that smoke weed still, you yeah. So, yeah, no, that's more power to them. Yeah,
1: I, I, it's I mean, not, it
2: works for them. I wouldn't judge them for it at for all. sure. I I understand
1: I'm not I, judging I, them. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, we're not I don't know that it counts as sobriety. I mean, sobriety is just a word that has a definition in the right dictionary. Mm-hmm. But— it could be recovery, certainly. Look, sure. Yeah, sobriety, like the act of
2: being sober. Now, the issue with sobriety is not what the act is, it's that people identify with the act. It's like mm-hmm. when somebody says, I practice veganism versus I am a vegan mm-hmm. or uh, I am a Christian, mm-hmm. I am a this. What you're doing is you're kind of, this is like a tribal mentality of everybody has a label. You're a drug addict, you're sober, you're this. You're that – and it's a tribal mentality of we're each in our own tribe and we use labels to decide because we've moved into a nation. We're supposed Mm -hmm. to be coming together, but these labels actually divide us into tribes. And sobriety I found for me went that way where it was a way of being different. And if something threatened my sobriety – so in other words – if people accuse me of relapsing when I hadn't, cause they mm-hmm. look at me with hyperactivity and they're like, let me look at his eyes. Let me look at his pores. Let me look right. at everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. if you looked at anybody that way, you would think sure. you'd find something. Yeah. yeah, right. It's like, and then I would get so threatened because why? Because I identified with sobriety. So when they took that away, when they threatened that, mm-hmm. then they're going to threaten who I am. And I had right. to learn to step out and say, I am, I don't even know. I wouldn't even say like in a human being, I'm the being, right. I'm something deeper than even being human. I don't know what I am. It's a mystery. And sobriety is a part of myself, and I separate the self from the con- the spirit. Does that mm-hmm. make sense at all? So, like the AA thing, it's like the conception of self. I feel like it's overlooked. The conception of higher power, it's really talked about, right? But what is the self?
1: so we got a couple minutes left yeah 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 um, oh yeah i'm sorry no no <laughs> no, 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 no really passionate. that's what's you fun know, kind of yeah. get fired i think all three love, of us are makes i this love it i love it i'm
0: like oh yeah by the way we have this thing called time yeah <laughs> time it's just a construct of man right exactly um uh, but uh, just real quick shout out to our sponsor summer sky love them love yep. those guys um if you're on this thing called youtube which you might have heard of this guy before. Sure. Uh, Please, you know, uh, go to our channel, thispinkcloud.com. I have the URL routed there. And just hit subscribe. uh, If you like what we're doing, if you like what we're throwing down, um, you know, we're here to help people. Yeah, and that's really the uh, the main crux of the show. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I love you guys. Yeah,
1: our whole goal is to um, just talk about recovery, maybe remove some of the fear, some and, of the and and,
0: and, and and to give people a little bit of insight from our own personal yeah. experience and stuff that I I wasn't aware of when we were using or when i was
1: using a little bit of hope something yeah. you know yeah, i mean sure. it can it can it can be weird and scary so i, I have a feeling i
0: have a feeling there is going to be a part three with philip
1: oh for sure <laughs> well, yeah i get passionate i get fired it's up no, always, no, it's no, always no, fun it. to sit it. down yeah. and go no but I, I it's super interesting to me too i can't wait to see what's revealed over time like i was talking about with genetics i think there's going to be a lot there i mean there just has to be um that's going to uncover some of these ideas as to mm-hmm. why some people gravitate to marijuana versus opiates alcohol like there's yeah. there's there's answers in there somewhere sure um maybe we figure them out one day you know hopefully uh hopefully sooner rather than later <laughs> some of this stuff is uh deadly I, I think we should do like a little therapy session some of you. the should, stuff like, is deadly my therapy session yeah you, you, i'm you, over here talking us, and, like, i mean I, i'm still thinking of like you know when i was driving doing those whippets i mean that yeah. was madness yeah that was that's madness. insane dude we I mean, popped curbs uh, <laughs> i mean
2: we i've done crazy
1: stuff yeah i mean that's just yeah. nonsense and yeah, uh it's at weird the time now. yeah at the time it was funny and you know hi-fi what, oh, just whatever yeah, yeah but you're a kid and you
0: uh, part know, of it's he, being a kid and part and of it you is also thought you were invincible at that point in your life well and that's
1: and right it's like that's the that's also out, yeah you want that's to what you get out invincibility. of invincibility yeah, yeah for that's sure what you get out of nitrous is i don't care about nothing right know? um so <laughs> yeah
2: cortisol reduction you know and i think that if they look at the hormonal and the brain response they'll start figuring out that's why with this story yeah. i was like why do people abuse nitrous i believe in the self-medication right it takes out the personality and the spiritual stuff the stuff we don't even know exists. yeah and it just goes straight into why well it reduces cortisol and uh it increases dopamine so it's sure just, from that perspective it's understandable like why opiates are on the rise and mm-hmm. nitrous specifically because we are under stress and when i'm doing these practices like acupressure yoga dieting supplements like ashwagandha it feels like a nice opiate what i'm trying to get out of opiates I, can i come and, over I can show you this stuff. I swear, <laughs> no, I, if you go in hard I'm, on it, it's I'm going. Gonna,
0: I, Okay, well. I, I had to do yeah, all the I, things. Him and I, heard I honestly this?
1: live like 10 minutes, five minutes from each other, so. I have heard of people even like freezing their vocal cords and like the oh, alveoli yeah. in their lungs and stuff going too hard with nitrous. Like, oh, yeah. I've heard that of that. happen. Like, yeah, like you will freeze the air sacs in your lungs and um, all of a sudden you're like... <gasps> yeah oh i can't breathe yeah well seriously sorry I mean, about you that know, <laughs> just being an idiot about it and then all of a sudden oh you're done breathing Our lack of information education mm-hmm. yeah. the harm yeah, reduction yeah, yeah, and, sure. and the harm
2: reduction it's it's uh, i don't really touch it but yeah right. it's a thing you know yeah his, doing that's how to do it sure. safely
1: doing that with any inhalant too this is a big thing. dude don't do that stuff alone don't do that um, stuff oh alone. yeah doing Jeez. that stuff alone you lose consciousness well, bang here, your look, head on a table you know, right. You might be there for six hours bleeding Yeah. out. Um yeah, don't do that stuff alone. Right. Well, other than that, like I'm I'm over here
0: getting ready to video you guys live here. Mm. <laughs> but uh and <laughs> there's hey man, there's people from ABC here. By the way. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, ABC? Yeah. Thanks um, for coming. But uh Philip, thank you for coming out. I do appreciate it, Nolan, as always. And then, um, you know, thanks to uh, VentureX Studios in Frisco. Yeah. Thanks to JPK uh, Network. JPK Network. Yeah. J- uh, JP, Kathy, and the crew. Let me make that sure Don't I forget got the crew. that correct. Yes. But uh, follow us on on uh, Facebook, all the formats yep. we're out there, and we'll have more with CG Kid down Somewhere the road. Somewhere down the road,
1: for yeah. sure. But thanks for tuning in. And remember, Go ahead. you want to do it? Sure. Why not? There is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, we'd probably take too many. Knee. There we go. <laughs> I overdosed on <some> those. <laughs>